You are listening to The Run Home thanks to MG4 Electric. High performance, range excellent from 46,990 plus ORC. Performance retailed with MG4 Electric. Well, the Black Caps, their World Cup semi-final hopes, which looked so good, so secure, now hang by a thread after Duckworth Lewis and the Pakistani top order cost them what looked like a dead-set victory after the New Zealanders scored 401 on Saturday night. With one game remaining, the Black Caps need victory over Sri Lanka and hope Afghanistan lose their remaining two fixtures and Pakistan don't thump England in their final game to advance. A lot of mathematics working out that one. All is not lost, but four straight losses, not exactly ideal prep for what is a must-win game and the knockout phase of the tournament. To discuss, former Black Cap quick Hamish Bennett joins us now. appreciate your time, Hamish. So, even before the rain came in the other night, Pakistan weren't exactly looking in trouble. They were on track to being able to chase down that target at that early stage. That they looked The two that are in didn't look like they are about to get out anytime soon. Yeah, good afternoon. I don't really have to say much after that intro. You sort of covered everything. It was a great intro there. Well, it's great um, to have you, Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think my time's done. Um, I think, yeah, well, it's always hard, isn't it, that Duckworth Lewis? Because you look at it and they, when they actually did finish up, they were sort of below the rate of the required rate and they still managed to win, obviously, with wickets in hand. You look at games like that and teams do, they can start off well and still chase, but it only just takes a little bang-bang moment there if the Black Caps can get a couple of wickets before you know the rate's up at over 10 and over for maybe 20, 25 overs. And then it actually becomes a really hard task for Pakistan to actually try and chase that. So you're in a great position. Fucker, um, he played an unbelievable knock. The only chance, you know, the only time in sport you get to say that word on radio and not be punished. Um, he... he um, he was fantastic, played an unbelievable knock and probably robbed him of getting a, a maybe a, a record uh, one-day score for Pakistan as well. But I would have loved to have seen the end of that game just to see what would have happened. Yeah, and look, we have to be excited, right, by the batting effort uh, to see uh, the the incredible, the the now automatically world-renowned Russian Ravinder deliver a third World, World Cup century in the same tournament. This is... This is iconic status. Anyone who gets up in that kind of level is being referred to uh, amongst amongst the greats of the game. Another composed knock. Great to see Kane Williamson back. So we, we we had every reason to feel excited, Hamish. Oh, we do have every reason to be excited. I mean, I know we can beat Sri Lanka and get them and, and beat them well. So get our net run rate up there. And as you explained in the opener, we need obviously a couple other little things to go away and hopefully. The cricket gods are with us and we can um, scrape our way through the semi-finals. And I think if we can scrape our way through to there, then anything can happen. We just need to make sure that, because it's a long tournament, isn't it? You know, playing all those pool games, all the travel required, India, all the other um, outside factors you do. You know, you go see the Dalai Lama that they've done, but also all the other functions, all the charity stuff they're doing over there as well. It all takes your toll and can make players tired. So you've got to find a way if they... You know, can scrape through that semi-final of trying to freshen the group up so when they go into that game um, that they can win it because you look at that team and it could be, if, unfortunately, it could be um, the last time maybe if uh, guys represent New Zealand at a World Cup and maybe represent New Zealand in ODI cricket. We don't have an ODI in New Zealand all summer and the next World Cup's in 2027 in South Africa in February, I'm pretty sure. So it's actually not that far away if you take one home summer out of having no ODI cricket. And probably not going to have much ODI cricket build-up um, to then, till then. So it's probably no point wasting games on players in that time frame um, who aren't going to be at the World Cup. So I guess that's Sam Wells' first big job as a selector. 
Um, can, has he got a team in mind that's going to be there in, in 2027? Who's um, and how does that look for him moving forward, picking his ODI teams? How, how how much focus would you put on the ODI game, ODI game at all then? Why not? It's not being played. So do you really start building for that World Cup squad so far out when it's actually just not a focus uh, whatsoever? I think you've got to build towards the age limit of it. I think you need to have a look at a group of guys, 15, 20, 20 men in, in New Zealand, and look at what age they'll be at 2027. 20, I think if you look at someone like Tim Southey, he'll probably be 39, um, something like that. So you probably optimistic that he'll be there um, so you've got to look at the group and see their ages and see where they're going to be especially if you're younger guys as well you know someone like Rajan probably wasn't even in the thinking for 2019 uh, 2023 World Cup sorry until Michael Bracewell did his Achilles you know that's another name will, will Bracewell be in that mix will who else are the young superstars coming through New Zealand um, that well, you know, that are Rachin's age at the moment, that are 23, that could be there um, at their World Cup in 2027, who will be 27, 28, 29 years of age and hopefully performing. So that's what I was his first big job, I guess. Well, let's take a look at what the bowling effort uh, has produced uh, this World Cup and, and, quite frankly, in the last few games as well as a priority. There hasn't been <clears> a, uh, a bowling plan that's looked particularly successful. A lot of high scores have been conceded, as well as, of course, the uh, the the amount that they were looking to concede against Pakistan of of 200. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, we're talking about uh, conceding, what, 357 against South Africa. Australia was 388, India 274. I mean, they're leaking a lot of runs. Is, is there something amiss, aside from injury, which must be uh, seen as a factor, but the, the players who are there are capable of much more? Yeah, I think it's pretty tough in India now how good the wickets are. It was always going to be the, the story of the World Cup. The wickets haven't had that um, volume of cricket on them as a normal World Cups do when you play them in February or March. And spin probably hasn't become, in most of the games, hasn't been as big a factor as maybe one first thought. So I think it's just down to execution. I think the plans are always probably OK. It's just about your execution, I think, and, and just having more bowling options for us. I think last the last um, game against Pakistan, I was surprised to see uh, Jimmy Neesham not picked um, and also an option to be used, um, especially considering we only played two pace bowlers. So once our spin was getting hit, um, at the end there, we sort of had nothing to go back to because we couldn't use Tim and Trent um, too early because you needed some of their overs for the back end if it didn't rain. So I always think you need sort of maybe three seam um, options. I know there's Daryl Mitchell there, but he's probably more given the ball in an SOS sort of situation or if things definitely aren't working. So I think it comes more down to that execution. I think it's definitely a bat-first tournament and then try and defend your score. looks pretty hard to restrict teams um, that have been batting first. But one of the best-performed uh, bowlers for New Zealand's tournament has been Glenn Phillips. I mean, I know he didn't uh, get any chocolates. Very few did uh, against Pakistan, but... He's become more than a circuit breaker. He's been chucked the ball for 10 overs already in, in a game this uh, so far in this tournament. Yeah, well, he's worked really hard at, it, at his bowling ever since he made his debut. And, you know, pretty talented guy, can throw both arms. Haven't seen him bowl both arms, but he probably can. <laughs> Obviously, he can wicket keep pretty well. Obviously, power hitter. He's worked really hard at his bowling over the last four or five years. Um, he, he made the move down to Otago. Um, obviously, wanted to play with his brother, but also wanted to bowl more overs as well. So... Um, I mean, you've got to give credit to the guy. He's gone out and worked really hard at his bowling to try and become an option. And, and I guess going into this World Cup, especially with Bracewell 
um, not being available due to his Achilles. He he was our off-spinning option. I think, like you said, he's done a he's done a great job. Probably surprised uh, surprised a few of the the fans, but I guess the people sort of um, they were picking the team inside the the camp knew they had be he'd come off one or two games um, if conditions were suit, uh, conditions suited, and and they have. So I'm pretty happy for him, and hopefully it may continue. Now you've got to be a real train spotter to have paid, to really have, have cared about this through the the context. But the simple fact of the matter is, those who uh, who are in the know have been keeping an eye on the net run rate as we go. Do you think that is going to decide a final spot for somebody? Hopefully, New Zealand. Um, I think it probably will at some point. It's going to decide um, the semi-final spot. It always does decide something. Net run rate. It always comes into it. At some point, I haven't um, been too much of a train spotter and keep my eye, eye on it too much. I just prefer to win games and leave that sort of stuff take care of itself. But I guess if um, New Zealand do that second against Sri Lanka, then they'll be trying to get their total within pretty quick time to make sure that it makes it pretty hard for um, the other teams to, to pass them due to net run rate. So it's, I guess it's something that always makes the end of the, the pool play exciting because teams have to take the game on um, to try and make the semi-finals. So New Zealand uh, sitting in fourth at uh, 0.398 for the net run rate. And that, uh, that, net, net, that net run rate is what currently keeps them above Pakistan of uh, plus 0.036. So a comfortable margin there. And Afghanistan have got two games to go in a real dark horse here. Uh, they are negative 0.330. So run, net run rate is not going to help them. But do you see any world where Afghanistan get a couple of upset wins and find themselves into the semi-finals of the Cricket World Cup at the expense of New Zealand? I think Afghanistan's done tremendous in this tournament. I think it's great to see them on the world stage doing really well. Off the top of my head, I think they've got Australia and South Africa left. Is that correct? So I think um, for them to beat Australia and South Africa, I think that's a pretty tough ask, to be honest. That, um, if, they, if, they, if they can beat those two teams, they deserve a spot in the, in the oh, semi-finals. Of course they, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course they do. Um, but I, I can't see them beating... Um, either of those sides, to be honest. But if they do, then I'll be cheering for them to win the thing because it would be absolutely amazing. I think the World Cup and the conditions are set up for Afghanistan with their three spin bowlers and a little bit of their batting as well. So I think it's great as a nation to see them um, going well in, in cricket and it would be great to see them probably tour more of the Western countries as well heading into that South African World Cup so then they're more of a contender there as well. So while uh, New Zealand's fighting for their life to uh, pull through and hold that spot, India just keep being India uh, in the, the greatest way possible. An another record equaling uh, stat for Virat Kohli, uh, equaling Sachin Tendulkar with 49 international ID 100s. The, the, guy, the guy's clearly a talented freak, but geez, it's, it, it, you put yourself in dangerous territory, even if you're Virat Kohli, if you try and take a, a record of uh, Sachin Tendulkar in India. Yeah, yeah, well, I think he's going to end up scoring the most ODI hundreds, isn't he? He's going to pass them um, in, the, in that format. He's, he's absolutely, like he's absolutely freak. He's unbelievable batter, and they just keep producing him in there. And they've got, you know, Shubman Gill's coming through as well, who's going to be unbelievable. He's going to finish with a pretty good record as well. And they said the Indian, the Indian bus just keeps rolling on. They look like they're going to be pretty hard to beat. I guess for New Zealand, it's, you know, if we do make the semi finals, we've probably got to semi-final against India, so that's going to be pretty hard for us, but we do have a good history against India and World Cups, like you know, Pakistan have got a good history against us at World Cups, so hopefully um, hopefully we can make the semi-final and do maybe one of the greatest upsets in uh, Cricket World Cup history. 
some massive days coming for this black cap side and the makeup of this tournament. Hamish Bennett, former black cap, really grateful for your time on this one and uh, looking forward to hopefully a big win over Sri Lanka to get this bus back on track. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, hopefully, and uh, hopefully we'll be tuning in for a semi-final at some point. It'll be bloody good. Cannot wait. Bring it on. Uh, coming up later on, that's the weekend scorecard. In fact, it's next. We're going to rate some of the highs, lows, and otherwise of another great weekend of sport.